Well, it's so good to see everybody here this morning. Last Sunday, uh, we had less than a full house. It was a little scant. Uh, obviously, some of you were away because of the weather and stuff. I'm glad everybody's, uh, most everybody anyways, is back at it. Um, so, as has already been mentioned, today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. Thank you, David. And... Um, We have had a habit here in the last uh, 10 or so years of using this Sunday as an opportunity uh, to bless the children that are alive, right? Remembering those who uh, didn't make it and uh, at the same time uh, seizing this moment to, uh, to bless the children that are here and we do have. So the format is going to be just a tad bit different today, especially towards the end of the service here. Uh, We are going to, um, well, let me start by saying this. If you got a bulletin on the way in, there should have been an insert in there uh, that says, um, I'm not even sure how it's labeled, five, five ways to bless children or something like that. You'll see an insert in the bulletin. We put that in there for a couple of reasons. One uh, is to give you something to follow along with today. But two, our hope is is that you would keep that, take that, uh, maybe even put it on your fridge or someplace where you're going to see it over the course of time and and use that as as a reminder and as an opportunity to continue to bless Uh, those in your sphere of influence. Uh, So anyways, if if anybody needs a pen, does anybody need a pen? uh, Okay, great. Nobody raised their hand. I forgot to get the pen. So that's a perfect, that's a perfect combination, right? Nobody needs one. And I, did you get some? You get, okay. Does anybody need a pen? We're good. Perfect. Now, before we get to that insert and we get to the point at the end of uh, uh, my time here, um, I want to start by reminding us once again why it is so important that we be a blessing and are ourselves blessed. Let me say that again. I want to remind you of the vital importance of why it is we need to be a blessing and why we should be desiring to live a blessed life. Now, as some of you hear that right now as I say it, uh, this whole idea of the blessed life, uh, walking underneath God's blessing, uh, blessing others may sound old-fashioned. It may sound out of date. It may... Uh, you know, for you, it may be like something you don't see where it has any, any significant application or makes a difference in your life today. Uh, well, I, I will start by saying that this whole notion of the blessed life, the whole notion of living underneath God's blessing does date back to very uh, ancient times. It, it has its roots uh, back there, but I submit to you today 
that as relevant as it was back then, it is equally, I don't want to say if not more so, but it is equally relevant uh, to us today. And let me explain to you why. Many people go through life without knowing any sense of blessing in their lives or on their lives. In fact, quite the opposite. Many people have expressed that either nothing was ever said to them or what was conveyed to them spoke loudly and clear that they will never amount to anything. So either, either you, you, you're here this morning and maybe you never had words of blessing spoken over your life. You heard nothing. You know, your mom and dad, you never, they never said anything to you. Or maybe if they did say something to you, it was negative. That is, a, that is if you will, a cloud. Uh, that is a, even a dark cloud that you have to navigate life with. The Bible is clear that you and I have the ability to bless or curse with these mouths of ours. I know I've got the right people I'm talking to this morning because I'm looking around right now and everybody has a mouth. I don't see anybody here that doesn't have a mouth. And with those mouths that you possess, you have the ability to both bless and to curse. James chapter 3, verse 10 says, Out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. It should not be like this, my brothers. It should not be like this, my brothers. James is making a case here that as followers of Jesus Christ, the water that is pouring out of our mouth, he equates our hearts with a spring, the water that's coming out of these pipes, these, this hole in our head, is, is there for the purpose of blessing, not cursing. Okay? Uh, so, uh, let me say some more. I want to be clear about what this means and what it doesn't mean. First of all, let's just talk about this idea of to bless or blessing someone, all right? It comes from the Greek word eulogia, eulogia. Now, as I say that Greek word, and I am pronouncing it properly, eulogia, you should be hearing an English word. Because eulogy, from that Greek word, we get our English word eulogy. Now, I'm quite confident that most, if not all, the people in here today have been to a funeral. Anybody? Anybody not been to a funeral? Okay, good. I got the right crew. If you have been to a funeral before, it is quite customary for somebody to stand up and give what's called a eulogy. That person has been tasked with the job of speaking positive 
life-giving words about that person who's passed away. Are you with me? They're speaking their praises, right? A blessing, listen to me, a blessing is the same thing, but you do it while the person is alive. That's a difference. You, 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 you do it while they're alive and to their face. I've often been, maybe you've been to some of these, I, 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 I've been uh, to some funerals before where a per, the person who is up here speaking actually in real life was very negative and derogatory about that person, but now there's been this change where they're speaking good of them instead of bad of them. And I always think to myself, why didn't you say those things while they were alive? Eulogia, to bless, to speak well of someone. It literally means a commendation or praise. That's what the word uh, eulogia means. It means a commendation or praise of someone. It has with it, under, undergirding it, this idea of proclaiming the abundant life. When Jesus in John 10.10 was speaking about one of the reasons he came, he spoke of providing abundant life to those who would believe. What he was talking about there was living under the blessing of God. He came to bring blessing, abundant life to people. That the, that, that the life he was promising would be rich and full. Now, let's go to this other word for a second. Remember, we have these mouths that are able to both bless and curse. It's in, the, the, the Greek word is katara, for curse. And it's important for me to tell you that you don't have to be a wizard, warlock, or witch to do this. You don't, like, that's what we think about placing a curse on somebody. With a, oh, you know, they must be a witch. They must be a wizard or a warlock or something. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I, I'm sure they're, they're, uh, they have their way of doing that, but that's not what the Bible's talking about in this moment. When, when, when Katara literally means, this word curse literally means to go down due to condemnation. To go down due to condemnation. Blessing has to, be, has to do with commending somebody. Cursing has to do with condemning somebody. It speaks of cursing, speaks of doom and gloom. Instead of abundance, cursing has to do with barrenness. Barrenness. If blessing is about speaking well of someone to them, cursing is about speaking ill to someone to them. At the fall of mankind, 
In the very beginning of the Bible, it tells us that man sinned against God. And, and part of the outgrowth of that, or part of the results, was that God cursed the ground, it says, because of Adam. He tells Adam that he will have to toil hard to get anything to eat from the ground. Prior to this, they lived in the flow of God's blessing where there was no hardship, there was no toiling, there was no difficulty, right? It just all flowed. But now, because of curse, things were harder. Blessing is designed to make it easier for people. Cursing will indeed make people's lives more difficult. James is saying to us here in this chapter 3, verse 10, he's saying to us as followers of Christ that we should be people who are, bless, who, who are blessing those around us in such a way that it makes their life easier. When we curse people, we're making it harder for them. We're making them have to work all the harder when we say things that are, are, are whether we intentionally or unintentionally, uh, cause them to go down instead of lifting them up. Are you there? James says this should not be. We should not be behaving like that. Now, in your bulletin, I already mentioned to you, there should be an insert in there for those of you who'd like to reference that. Now, uh, it says five key elements of blessing. That's, that should be the title of the top of it. Some of you may have got half sheets that has six through ten. That's because when we were doing them this week and you lay them side by side on the computer, somehow the computer thought that there were five here and then a six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, so don't get confused by that. There's five, and uh, you can relabel those one, two, three, four, five on there if you so choose. <clears throat> okay. Five key elements of blessing. If you're filling in the blanks, number one, Meaningful and appropriate touch. Touch would be, I think, anyways, I haven't seen specifically what lines you have there, but meaningful and appropriate touch. In Mark chapter 10, verse 16, we read, And he, referring to Jesus, took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. The famous painter Michelangelo said, to touch can be to give life. I, I, I encourage you to, in our Western culture where uh, they, did a, they did a study of various cultures around the globe, and we rank next to the bottom of, of the touch thing. We, we were like almost last. Only England made it to the bottom, right? And we came from them. Uh, so apparently it's, uh, 
it's, it's there. Uh, okay, so what, what, what's that mean? That means that there are, are other cultures that are much more uh, touchy-feely than we are. So <clears throat> I can't tell you, as you know, uh, being who I am, I can't tell you the number of people I've met over the years that have told me that they, have ne they never received a hug or any expression of affection like that from, from a parent, from, from in their family. They just never, never did that. And uh, I, I can't even comprehend that. I, I, in the setting that I grew up in, grew up in uh, it was quite much, much different, different than that. So many studies have been done concerning the power of touch. Studies of premature babies and, and orphans, uh, tons of studies about how just, a, just the, 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 the touch of another human being has actually literally saved lives. Um, saved lives. The act of touching has the ability to communicate warmth, acceptance, affirmation, and can even bring better physical health to us. I see people getting all hooked up on these crazy things. You know, they're eating goat's eyes and all this, you know, things to try to make themselves feel better physically. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't you just give somebody a hug? Just give them a hug. Just get a little touchy there and just do some hugging and see if you don't feel better, right? It's cheap. It's totally cheap. It's very much in my lane. It's free. Free hug. Free hugs. I thought it interesting. This is a, in that passage I read to you of Mark chapter 10, verse 16. I thought it interesting because the verses just prior to that Say this, people were bringing their little children to Jesus to have him touch them. In that moment, it says nothing about praying for them, blessing them. I just want my, I want Jesus to touch my kids. I, I think Jesus, I think the Bible, I think Jesus particularly knew something before all the studies were done. I really do. I find it equally as interesting that his disciples were trying to keep them from having it happen. Oh, get away from here. You can't be touching people. In the New Testament, we see the act of laying on of hands repeatedly. And this was being done as a means of connecting the message with the messenger. It was being done as a way of imparting some measure of spiritual blessing. The first key element of blessing is meaningful and appropriate touch. Touch makes a difference. I don't care what anybody tells you. Touch makes a difference. Appropriate and meaningful touch. Some, some of you are in here right now saying, oh, I touched them. That's not the touching I'm talking about. 
Number two, a spoken message. Five key elements of blessing. A spoken message. While we don't know for sure what Jesus said to these children when he blessed them, we do know this. We know that he said something because the act of blessing must by necessity involve words. Let me say that to you again so you don't miss it. The act of blessing by necessity involves words. Uh, in other words, you can't, I can't think my kids blessed. Blessing somebody involves saying something. It's as simple as that. It must be spoken. Today, words of love and affirmation are seldom spoken in many homes. Parents assume that just being present communicates blessing, but it doesn't. Blessing fulfills, fulfills its purpose only when it gets communicated. Silence, on the other hand, communicates confusion. I want to tell you about a story I read this week. It's a, it's a story that took place on the football field. A player on a particular team was being constantly corrected by his coach. And sometimes that correction happened one inch from each other. You know what I'm talking about. And after the coach would correct the player, he would end up telling him to go sit on a bench. And on one of those trips to the bench, the player said to a fellow player who never got in a game ever at all, he said, boy, I wish he would get off my case. To which the boy who had never gone on the field at all said, don't say that. At least he's talking to you. If he ever stops talking to you, that means he's given up on you. I am quite confident that that coach was not speaking words of blessing. And that was not my point of telling you the story. My point of telling you that little illustration is to say it matters whether we say something or not. Silence is not helpful. James, in his letter to the church, church makes clear that spoken words are powerful. But I'd like to also say to you, unspoken words are equally as powerful. Number three, attaching high value. Five elements of blessing. Attaching high value. While we don't know what Jesus said to the children, we do know what his father said to him. We know what his father said to him in terms of blessing him because it's written right for us in the Bible. In Mark chapter 1, verses 10, 11, it says, As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. There is no doubt, no room for doubt, that the father attached high value to the son. 
When he said to him, you are my son, he spoke to his identity. He spoke to whose he was. Today, if you haven't noticed, there are people that are having all kinds of identity problems. Could it be, I ask myself, could it be that they are not receiving the proper blessing? The proper identification. Just this past week in the mail, we received a, I don't know what you call these things, but we get them from families once in a while. It's a Merry Happy New Year family and friends letter, right? And they're updating us about what's been going on in their family. And so these are, these are good friends of ours. And, and we've known some of the good things that God's been doing in their lives. But they want to share with us an update on their children and their grandchildren, right? So we got pictures here. And we got a nice big picture of the whole family, our friends. Uh, they had four sons who married four ladies. And now they're being blessed with all these grandchildren. That, and they're all boys. They're all boys. They're all boys. Not a girl anywhere in the mix. Yeah, baby. We're taking over the world. So the one couple, the one child and daughter of theirs, uh, the, again, I'm just showing you, this, you can just see here, it's a picture, I know we're way too far away, but their, their, their one son and daughter-in-law had a boy, and, and, and then they decided they were going to adopt some children, right? And in this picture we got sent, instead of seeing, they're, they're still going through the adoption process, and because this was a public thing being put out there, you can't see it from here, but on the picture, instead of the face of the child, there is just a happy face blotting out the face. You got it? There's no, there's no identifying who that child is. And there are a lot of children going through life with this over their face. They don't know who they are. Because it's up to us to help them bring about an identification in us. It's important for us like it was for the father to his son. You are my son. Let's be clear who you are. You are my son. And I'm thankful for that. You don't have to wonder about who you are. You're mine. It didn't stop there. He went on to say, whom I love. Whom I love. Well, you're thinking to yourself, well, God is love. He has to love this guy, right? But this is an interesting word because it doesn't get used a whole lot in Scripture. 
It is actually the adjective form of agape. Agape, we've, you probably most of you in here have heard that word before. It's about selfless love. It's not the, uh, it's the, uh, it's not the eros or the uh, phileo type of love, friendship or romantic kind of love. It's agape love is a selfless, self, self-sacrificing, uh, you know, giving everything you got to somebody kind of love. But this is the adjective form of that word. And it, and, it, and it means the object of special affection. The object of special affection. Sometimes in the Bible, to emphasize this, uh, you can read in Scripture, they'll stick the word dearly right before loved. Dearly loved. The father wanted his son to know there was, there is, you don't need to be confused about where I'm at with you. You don't have to be confused about whose you are. You don't have to be confused about my heart towards you. I dearly love you. I have a special affection towards you. And finally, he ends with these words, with you, I am well pleased. Whoa. These words are words of affirmation. They declare approval. Approval is the belief that someone or something is good and acceptable. Can I just say to you this morning, if you as parents or if we as people don't speak words of affirmation to our children, someone will and you may not be happy about where that comes from. If you don't do it, they will find those words somewhere else. That doesn't mean as parents you have to approve of everything or be joyful that they're screwing up. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is they need to know that you are for them and not against them. They need to know that, that there is a, a blessing of God for them if they pursue him with their hearts. Number four. Picturing a special future. This is the opposite of conveying that somebody will never amount to anything. This is about uh, projecting to those around us, and particularly this morning as we're doing this, uh, to our children a future that has some light to it. Not darkness to it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's never, it's not going to work out for you. It's never going to. Yeah. Listen, if you got that, if you're prophesying that, that's what will happen. If you're speaking that, that's what will happen. It's about letting them know we believe. That there can be an outstanding life and future for them because God has given them ample strengths and abilities to accomplish that. 
The Bible is chock full of these types of blessings. Let me just, I, I, I got so many here, I couldn't read them all to you right now. It says in Psalm 24, may God give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May God be gracious to you and bless you and make he make his face shine upon you. May you experience the love of Christ so, so, so much, uh, uh, though it be so great that you could never fully understand it. May you be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. All these kinds of words of blessing about the days ahead for them. When we project a special future for those we love, whether it's a child or a loved one of ours, they gain a sense of security in the present and they can grow into a confidence about what God has for them in the future. Picturing a special future. Vitally important. Number five, an active commitment. While the spoken blessing over our children is incredibly powerful, Words alone cannot complete, completely communicate the blessing. Our words need to be supported by our actions. Our words need to be supported by our actions. We as blessers need to, be, need to do anything and everything we know how to do so that the blessee can find success. We should look to identify the deposit of God in our children and call that out in our blessing moments. If I got the right crowd, okay, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm just checking, checking to see. See, it pretty, got pretty quiet, pretty quiet. For example, when I'm talking about an active commitment, for example, if... If while we were raising our children, and, um, you know, my wife, my wife, my lovely wife, um, identified in our, in our kids uh, a certain gift they had for uh, playing stuff, not, not playing video games, Play, particularly the girls were, uh, Boy, I think, you know, Heidi and Bridget, you guys would be really good at playing the piano. Now, you can say that, right? Say, I think you'd be really good at doing that. But if you never do anything to see that, and my wife not only, not only did something about it, she cleaned houses, cleaned the lady's house who was giving them lessons and some other cleaning went on to help pay for them to see that blessing fulfilled in their lives. Now you get to have the benefit of that on Sunday morning when that girl, or I don't know where Bridget's at, that girl are up here playing the keyboard. That's a gift that is something that we identified in them that, that, that God might use them for, but it took some sweat equity to see that thing come to fruition. Does that make sense? 
So you can't just say, well, I hope you have a blessed life. You know, I think you're a really cool son or daughter. That's awesome. Uh, I hope it all works out for you. No. Our job as, as blessees is what can I do to aid in seeing you come into the things that God has in ways that he's blessed you? You got it? Meaningful and appropriate touch. The spoken message. Attaching high value. Picturing a special future and an active role and commitment. Blessing is one of the primary tools God has placed in our toolbox as leaders, as people of, of, uh, uh, who are, who are uh, you know, looking to bless others, it's one of the primary tools he's put in our toolbox to, to pass on the purposes and plans and promises of God to the next generation. If we don't bless, it makes it harder for them. It's like God saying to Adam, I'm sorry, but from now on, you're going to have to work to eat. We want to make things. I'm not suggesting none of us, we don't tell our kids, well, you do it. I want you to have such a blessed life, you don't have to do anything. That's not what I'm saying. We're just trying to make, we're trying to take some rocks out of the way, right? They'll have, they'll get, uh, the world will dump on them enough stuff that they got to wade through, all right? We don't need to be contributing to that. Many of us as adults, uh, you know, we, we live at a blessed time. We live at a blessed time. We have more understanding today than previous generations had. Nobody said this stuff 40 years ago in the church. Nobody did. Nobody talked about that. When I went to church, you got saved every Sunday. That's what you did. You, you heard a message about needing to get saved, and you got saved again. And then the next week, you got saved again. And then the next week, you got saved a third time and a fourth time. You were just constantly getting saved. That was church. And maybe you were stubborn one Sunday and didn't cooperate. Next Sunday, you'd have the opportunity again. Is this the way it worked? Now we have such rich teaching and understanding and, and just, uh, but you know, none of that means a squat if you don't do it. It means nothing. Right? You know, every, I have the best counselor up here in the world telling you how to live a full life. It makes no difference if you walk out the door and you don't do it. Nothing. Nothing. He said, well, I, I, that was pretty nice. I like that. Then you did nothing. All of this stuff is stuff we have to put our hands to do. That's how it works. That's how it works. Now, I asked permission earlier this morning, girls, if you wouldn't mind coming up here. I said, I, I, I don't want to overstep my boundaries. Um, but before we release you, and Scott, I'm going to invite your, uh, you guys coming back up, right? 
And you're going to give a little script, uh, this script in a minute? Okay. So I was thinking about this week that if I just said to you, uh, okay, guys, uh, we're going to have this time with the kids. And by the way, they can come up. They can start coming up. They know that already? Can somebody text them or however you do that? You, you let them know. Used to be we sent somebody down to talk in person to somebody. Today we send uh, uh, letters through the air somehow. I'm not sure how that works. We send letters through the air. Not, sh- not sure how that works. Right now there's letters going by you headed downstairs. I don't know. I don't know. So anyways, I was thinking, you know, we could just release you to, we, we could release you to practice this. But then I thought, you know, it might be helpful for me to demonstrate, to example for you, what it looks like, what it sounds like to pass blessing on uh, to someone else. So I wrote it down because I knew I'd start crying and totally lose my thing, all right? So I'm going to ask you guys to just stand right there, right here. Face them if you would. And the first thing I'm going to do is lay my hands on them. Meaningful touch. They have their grandpa. For those of you who don't know, I'm their grandfather, okay? These aren't just some random people we pick. It's not, it's not their first Sunday in church, and we're embarrassing them, all right? These are my granddaughters. And we've already spoken oodles of words of blessing over their life, and we followed that up with prayer, and anything that we can do as grandparents to see them uh, thrive, all right? So the first thing I'm doing is I'm... I'm, I'm embracing them, right? Do you see that? I'm letting them know that I accept them. That's right, for who they are. Try laying your hands on your children, not in a negative way. Just lay your hands on your children, on your grandchildren. Let them know they're accepted by you, that they're valued by you. And then you got to follow that up by saying something. Or they're going to think you're weird, okay? (laughs) What do you got your hand on me for? (laughs) I want to tell you something. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to do this. I, nope, just stay right there. Okay. okay, so my hands are on you still. See them? And I wrote it down. Now I'm talking. I am so thankful to God that he has placed both of you in our lives, meaning your grandmother and I. I am so thankful to God. I can't believe we get to do life with you guys in it. What a blessing that is. Both of you are gifts from God 
And we see that God has graciously given you both some wonderful gifts from Him. Emery, you have a special ability to bring insight and understanding to practical situations that we've found ourselves in. I believe that is the wisdom of God leaking out of your life. Bristol, it's so abundantly clear that God has equally blessed you with the ability to have mercy and compassion for others. It just leaks out of you. I believe, we believe, that God is going to use both of you in meaningful ways, probably different ways, but in meaningful ways in the days to come that those gifts and those callings will be maximized. Please know that your grandmother and I will do anything in the days ahead to see you fulfill these callings and the giftings that God has placed in your life. We love you both. You're the best. Thank you. Got it? It's not that hard. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Those girls will never forget this moment. Ever. They'll be 50 years old, and they'll never forget this moment. Ever. Not because, probably partly because they had to stand in front of you. (laughs) But even if that weren't the case, even if that weren't the case, they would never forget their grandpa and grandma speaking words of blessing over their life. And when they start going through life, and life throws all kinds of crap their way, at least they can think back and say, I know there was a guy (laughs) who said something positive about me. Remember, if we don't say it, somebody's going to speak words to them. And you and I may not be happy about who that is.